How's it going? It's going. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it, it's been a long day for both of us. For one of us. Yeah. Let's be honest, I didn't get my midday five-hour nap, so I'm pretty tired. It was only like four hours. It was only two hours. <laughs> and I counted. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about the nap. It's not nearly long enough. It's really not. I need, like, at least twice as much. <laughs> so yeah. this is after the weather. We're a podcast. Sometimes. Yeah, so... uh we're talking about a couple of things today, but... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who are you? What are you doing in my house? We're we're getting to it. <laughs> Jeez. You're really excited. Want to give the rundown, then we can introduce ourselves. Oh, God. You're changing it up, man. Flipping the script on me. Not a team player. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> I was just blindsided, okay? I was just a little surprised. Yeah. Today we're talking about the science march that I attended earlier today. He's saying this with a glare on his face. A slight glare. And about some of the recent bombings that have taken place around the world. We're also talking about why I dis decided not to go to the march today. Because I have a lot of thoughts on it. And, um... For some lighthearted information, we're going to talk about Kendrick Lamar's newest album because, you know, duh. And I'm going to talk a little bit about generational differences in the population. Good points. So again, what are you doing in my house? Who are you? I said this was a podcast. Identify yourself. I'm Rain Creasy, scientist, marcher, not really an activist, but... <laughs> Resident I, tall person. I talk about things. I hope you listen. Who are you? Um, I'm Emily Hansen. I am not a scientist, but I am a marcher. I've marched. I'm a lover of the planet. I celebrated Earth Day today. Recycle. So much. And <laughs> compost. Definitely. So much. Um, and I did Earth two hours today by turning off all electronics and not using any by going to lay down. I did my part. Great work. I know. Resident short person. You have a science degree. I do. They don't consider it a science degree, but it is. Yeah. Although I guess we don't have to talk about that. No, that's fine. Okay. Let's talk about your day. Okay. So today was Seattle's March for Science. It was the global March for Science. Global, but today I attended Seattle's. Obviously. And I'm not big on crowds. I don't think a lot of people are big on crowds there, but when shit starts going down, you got to do something. Mm hmm Because even my boss was there with her kid, her 19-month-old child, and it was cute because Aww. he had a sign that said, I'm 19 months old and even I know climate change is real. Aww, that's adorable. Yeah, it was, it was nice. But the fact that we need to get to this point... Where we need to make clever signs means that there's some something big going on. Mm -hmm. We have the EPA threatening complete destruction mm -hmm. uh, with the loss of that Republican-created program. Ugh. I think that a lot of the Republicans these days forget about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It turns out people don't like it when their water supplies are poisoned. It's crazy, right? Right? It's just ridiculous. Who doesn't like poison water? Come on. Get a little flavor. Let's ask the, the residents of Flint, Michigan. Oh, no. I don't think they'd have good things to say about it. I don't it. think they'd be too happy either. Or the people fighting the pipeline. The keys, not Keystone. Dakota Access? Dakota Access. That's yeah. it. The Dapple. <laughs> I think Keystone is that giant one. Yeah, that that's another big wants. one. That got a lot of pushback, too. But mm -hmm. Pipelines are important, but these are abusing the land of the inhabitants around it. Yeah. And the thing about pipelines is that they always leak and they always cause environmental damage. Always. There was a recent leak... Uh, on one of the pipelines in America. I, I can't remember which one, but they 
the the company that owns it cleaned it up with environmental pollutants. Of course they did. With it, sure the the material was basically cat litter, but <laughs> it destroys water supplies. Yeah, it it, it causes a, a water impermeable layer to oh form God. that fucks up the lands around it. So even though it might be harmless in most cases, it's not supposed to go near water. Right, right. So Ugh. it's a lot of disregard for life around it, and it they just keep on getting worse. Renewable energy sources, guys. Say it with me. A lot of states are moving to wind power. Thank God. I like... I, I used to live in Ellensburg. We both did. Mm-hmm. And there were so many... Of these windmills, they're not windmills, but they're the wind things. What are they called? If it's not a windmill, you're gonna have to describe it to me. It's the wind thing. They're not windmills. <laughs> it's the wind power things. The giant fans. The fans. Those I've always called those windmills. They're not windmills. Well, then I can't help you. There's a lot of wind power in Ellensburg. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut all of that. No, you can just embarrass me. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. I think they're pretty. They look super cool on the horizon in lions. Yeah. I mean, even the school that we went to made that part of their brand. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure they're paying for a lot of that wind power. Well, there's a lot of wind there, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The thing about wind is that it doesn't leave a mess. No, no. It just does its thing. Turbines. The wind turbines. Okay. That's it. Yeah, but anyway, it's cool. It once it it it's a drop cost. Once you build it, then you know it pretty much pays for itself mm-hmm. over enough time mm-hmm. because the wind's free. Yeah. Um. Same thing with solar. It, it's a lot of cost up front, and then you get all that power just yeah. constantly getting put back into the system. Yeah. Not all power demand is based on sunlight usage. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, you know, a lot of it is at night. Yeah. So we need to find a better way to store energy uh-huh. from the sun. Uh-huh. Wind is a little bit better because that's usually all throughout the day and night. Right. But, I mean, there's so much better than, than coal and, and oil-based solutions. Oh, for sure. Coal's dead. I don't know why they're trying to bring coal back. Like, there's a reason we killed it. The companies killed it. <laughs> they didn't want to make it because it was cheaper to to go frack land elsewhere. Yeah. Fracking's an almost okay intermediate, but it's still combustible. Not great. It's not great. And those companies tend to put a lot of crap into the ground, too. Doesn't it cause earthquakes or something? Yeah, so it... it it's causing like these micro fractures in in the areas around it, which isn't good. It's basically like the ground settling because of the gas pressure in the land. Oh, I see. Being released. Yeah. Usually they're really small. They're they're not going to be like the bad ones you sometimes right. get in California, but even those are pretty rare, right? It's every I don't know, few years, but Yeah. You get one at least once a year. Yeah. Um, not a bad one, though. But then the quote-unquote bad ones are the ones that can cause a little more damage. There hasn't been a big one in a very long time. Yeah. Because that one of those was up here as well. Mm-hmm. Caused a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And a bridge collapse. That's why you got to pay for infrastructure. Yep. Comes down to that. Speaking of infrastructure, my... This is totally off topic, but my stylist today asked if I ever miss Canada, and I said the thing that I miss most is the infrastructure. Yeah. I miss the thing. I miss the transit. I miss things working and getting done in a certain way, like in a timely way. I feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it here in Seattle, but I felt like coming from Vancouver, BC to Seattle, um, it was almost like going back in time. And I know that Vancouver is very sort of uh, unique in that they upgraded everything for the Olympics a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but just things run so smoothly there, I felt, at least in my experience. Um, and I think that's probably what I miss most is just things being so nice and easy. Yeah. One of my coworkers moved here from Chicago and she said that 
moving to Seattle was like moving to the future because the buses were so mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. And I think the buses here are pretty good. They could be a lot better. They don't run that late. They don't run on time. They do not run on time. Especially in... So here, closer to the city center, it's a bit better. Yeah. But I work um, farther away from the city center, and it's like the bus system up there. Nobody cares. Like, nobody just bothers to be on time or to be predictable or whatever. And it's kind of interesting because there are quite a few people that take the bus up there. I mean, I see yeah. them all the time. Um. But it's like the people who operate the buses just don't care. And that is frustrating to me yeah. when you're trying to get home and nothing's on time. Uh, I think the problem with that is those are the routes that newer people run on. That's true. Because they're less in demand. Right. The, the further you get into being a bus driver, the more preference you get for picking your route. Oh. Yeah. So... There's a bit of, uh, if you're just tossed with the shitty route, you know, yeah. you're driving up and down I-5 all day. Eh. Or what, I-405 I going down on that side. Yeah, that's the other side. Yeah. Um, then you, you know, I'm sure it's not all that fun. Mm-hmm. Though I think a lot of drivers like the express routes. They're probably they're, just easy. Yeah. A stopping. <sighs> so how was the march? March. March itself, pretty slow, really wet. And there were some odd speakers before we actually got to the marching. So I I wish I could have taken notes on the the speakers. Um, they they were just a little off topic. Yeah. They didn't really have the charge. Yeah. For what I think most of the people were there for. Right. Right. Um, and that's that's okay. I mean, there was uh, Jay Inslee was there and Ed Murray. That's cool. They were there, and they had the least political speeches, uh, and that was nice, you know, just yeah. to hear them yeah. talking about how they are excited that people want to actually, you know, fight for science and yeah. the state and for the country and the world because, you know, we need it. It's very important. Yeah. And there are a lot of environmental issues that do affect Washington specifically because there is an uh, amazing variety of ecology mm -hmm. around this area. And we're also a big, um, like, agriculture and fishing state. Yes. Yes, yes we are. And so... You know, any damage that to that. The, right. Things that affect the environment um, directly affect our economy and the economy of the rest of the country. Right. So the main core issues that are driving this response... To, to actually motivate the scientists to get out of the lab and into the streets. <laughs> right. Uh, are the the gag order placed on the EPA being led by some asshole. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember his name, but I it's should look it up. probably not important. No. It, the thing about the Trump administration is that they're placing all of these people that are that only have one goal of eliminating that department. Yeah. And they live in a different world yep. than us. They don't have to worry about the world staying alive because they'll have enough money to get through their life because they Somehow. can just hoard it. Right. They have enough money to live however they want to live forever. Right. They'll be living in these giant plastic homes with, like, filtered air being pumped in. Right. Pri the their own of... private water supply. Right, right. Well, the rest of the world will have to bake. I guess. <laughs> starve. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> bake, starve. Just lay down and... Die of thirst. Yep. Because before the uh, the climate changes enough to really cause widespread destruction, mm -hmm. you're going to have uh, probably the water supplies being destroyed by the companies polluting everything. Awesome. Um, I mean... I think a lot of people forget that within the last like 20 years, so many water supplies were actually cleaned up enough to actually be able to swim in. There have been reservoirs and lakes that were just dumping grounds for for companies to toss their shit in that you would not want to be anywhere near the water because it stunk and it would kill you if you got in it. Right. California had this problem. Yep. Illinois, I'm sure Washington had it 
I think Washington's been somewhat cleaner than some other states in mm-hmm. terms of like dumping in the water. But, you know, Puget Sound has kind of been a dumping ground. But it's just so insulting to have these people with so so little perspective on on the safety of the earth and and its inhabitants. Because everyone is going to be affected by this. Yeah. It it's not just the poor people. Yeah. The rich are going to suffer as well. Yeah. And I, I don't know why that has become a partisan issue. I don't know. It's it, a good question. It's really hard to deal with in a in a tactful manner because all you want to do is start swinging your arms. It's like, can't you see? This is all in front of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Literally open your eyes. You're not getting paid enough to destroy the planet. <laughs> that reminds me of a quote, and I think it was from an astronaut. And I, of course, I can't remember who said this, but he basically was saying that, like, when you see the Earth from space, it makes you want to, like, grab all the politicians by the throat and, like, or by the collar and, like, scream at them and just be like, how can you say that this doesn't matter or how can you sit there and argue when none of that none of these stupid political arguments that you're having matter like and then it ends with like you just want to grab them and point them at the earth and say look at that you son of a bitch and speaking of that that was uh did you see the first space protest no protest in space you didn't see that um so i think it was on the iss and they printed out a tweet and it's like a NASA tweet and it just says look at that you son of a bitch and they put it on an arm and stuck it outside the the space station and the tweet is facing earth and they took a picture from behind oh man that's great it's pretty cool I don't know how they did any of this but they're they're astronauts they can do what they want I (laughs) I bet their printers work a lot better than ours do they have Wi-Fi they, in space? They've been tested. <laughs> they do have Wi-Fi in space. That's a fact. They are the Wi-Fi in space. <laughs> yeah. There, there's so much short-sightedness for the really just, it's really a short-term gain Yeah. for any company involved in this process. It's so short-term because this is all we're given. This is all we have. There's no reason to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And really the, the biggest problem is that people don't understand that it is going to last and everyone is going to deal with this. Yeah. Another issue that I was thinking about was the the number of anti-vaxxers that have apparently caught Trump's ear. Mm-hmm. He actually met with Andrew Wakefield. Ooh. And if you don't know who that is, that is the asshole that came up with this crazy lie Tried to publish it, successfully published it, but he made a correlation that the MMR vaccine was related to autism. So he's he's that guy that right. is basically... But it was, just so everybody knows, if you don't already, um, it was found that he made it up. Yeah, it was all not, fake. Not that, it wasn't even found that, oh, people misread it, and because a lot of people tend to um, inflate correlation and causation, they tend to get them kind of mixed up. But no, it turns out that he just made up the whole thing. It was all fake. It was completely faked. Um, And even he came out and said that vaccines do not cause autism. Well, maybe he said that, but he is clear on his stance that he believes that that is real. He was also... Maybe he said, well, then maybe he just said that he faked the study. He had to. Yeah. He also lost his medical license. Good. Because he's a fucking liar and a cheat and he was also working with another company to develop his own alternative to an mmr vaccine so that he would be able to profit off off of the the fear of people (laughs) possibly getting autism from the normal vaccine so we had a lot to gain from this and Mm -hmm. he now has a cult following that is hell-bent on destroying our livelihood as we know it By making everyone sick. And that's terrifying because these people are working very well. These people that do not vaccinate their kids are, they have lost the perspective that they don't know what disease even looks like. And now that it's coming back, it's killing kids. Measles is coming out in waves in different areas, usually in populous areas. California is big on it for some reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's... there's a big measles outbreak in Washington, and my brain can't wrap 
wrap itself around it. <laughs> I, I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard a kid with whooping cough? Uh, yeah, actually. It's really awful. It It's literally torture for months and months yeah. where you're coughing so hard you break ribs. Yeah. And you're pissing yourself. It's terrible. Absolutely horrendous. I'm surprised we haven't seen polio in the U.S. Yeah. Because that's what it's going to come down to. Kids getting polio because these assholes don't want to vaccinate their kids from. Right. Makes me mad. My face hurts because I'm frowning. I can see the frown. The super frown. Anyway, my my rant's done now. (laughs) What else did you want to talk about? Um, so I did not march today. Um, I originally wanted to. I participated in the Women's March on Washington um, back in January, um, which was amazing. And I don't regret going at all. Um, and I originally, when I heard about the March on Science, I originally wanted to go really badly. But there were, there's been a lot of change in my life recently. And... Uh, this weekend was just not a good weekend for me to chug down the streets of Seattle. And um, as I have told people, the last time I went, I ended up having to go to the bathroom for four hours. And I wasn't in the bathroom for four hours. I was holding it for four hours. And it was so painful that um, I was afraid that it was going to happen again. Um, they had porta potties on scene. Did they? Mm-hmm. They learned then because they did not have anything at the women's march. There was no. Everything was closed. There was nowhere for me to stop, which was terrible. And all the businesses were open. Which again, they learned because I think people thought that they were going to be too overwhelmed, or maybe they wanted to participate in the march and the women's march. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, this, I know that this, the march on science didn't get as big of a like. Uh, viral push as the women's march did Mm. but that could have just been maybe they were like well nobody got you know ransacked last time so let's just stay open which is very smart it was very good business for the businesses that were open during the women's march but um i was very tired and i knew that if i went i would not be in the correct sort of mindset to um i don't know participate fully i guess so I'm going to write to some congressmen and I'm going to, um, like I said, I, comp- I, I compost. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to do my part from the comfort of my own home. And honestly, I have felt really conflicted about my decision to not go today because while I really didn't feel up to the physical demands of going. It I hurt. Right. I also saw images and heard stories and whatnot from Venezuela this week, which if you don't know what happened in Venezuela, there was a very, very large protest against the current government because right now in Venezuela, um, people are starving. They are out of food because the government is so corrupt that it has destroyed its own country and there is no money and there is no food and people are starving all the time. In Venezuela, like every day people are dying because they just they simply do not have food. Um, the whole country is just starving. So there was a very large and violent protest and it lasted for a couple days. It was I mean, it was just intense. People were being shot by police and the military and congressmen were in the crowd um protesting with the people it was amazing and terrifying and very impactful and so I felt that my decision to not march because I didn't want to be physically uncomfortable was very privileged and I recognize that I'm very privileged to even have the option to stay home because I didn't want to be uncomfortable and I had the option to decline going because I'm not starving yet. And I do recognize that everything that was being spoken about today and everything that people were fighting for today is so, so important. And I totally believe in it 100%. And I believe in the power of science and I believe in the power of the people and in activism. And my decision to not go was for purely selfish self-care reasons. I just have to get it out there that I feel really bad about it still. (laughs) So if you chose not to march today for whatever reason, if you were sick or if you were working or if you were just tired, it's okay. I feel you because I did the same thing. That's totally fair. I I didn't march all the way down. Well, I didn't finish the women's march. Yeah. We made it to almost all the way and we were like, I'm kind of done. It was a long day. Yeah, well, the fact that we didn't start moving until 11 Mm -hmm. 
We had to suffer through like an hour and a half of people talking. I saw that the park that it started at wasn't even like people were still leaving the park to go to start the march at almost 1 p.m. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people there. Yeah. It was a, a full park. Yeah, yeah. Of people. I couldn't see the people that were talking. That's how far back I was. Wow. Not that they were that high up. But, right, right, mm, but still. Even if you look through the signs, because there, there were a lot of good signs. Yeah. But, well, it's great that there was yeah. such a big turnout. That makes me happy. Yeah. It's supposedly uh, the second largest march in the country. So. Seattle's full of scientists, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, a lot of scientists. So. My my whole lab went, mm-hmm. like everybody. Yeah. Um, and then the whole institute went as well. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of people. Um, we all got shirts made. So I heard science. It's a pretty cute shirt. Yeah. The eyes like a. Um, it's a test tube. That's right. It's like a flask, a beaker, something. Some of the various instruments for holding fluids. Yes, that. Yeah. Something sciency. I was a psychology major, so we didn't do a lot of flasks or beakers. We just sort of <laughs> talked about things a lot. <laughs> there well, wasn't a lot of hands-on experimentation. It was more like observing people doing things and going, hmm, yes, interesting. Talking about how to do surveys, because that's the easiest way to do a little mini study. Surveys and observation, yeah. yeah it's pretty hard to get through the institutional review to get that study started in the first place. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a, if you're going to do experimentation with humans, even, I mean, you have to get approval even if you're doing just a survey. Um, It's just the way that psychology is, it's, if you're going for the brain, it's not psychology anymore. It's neurology or neurobiology or it's neuroscience basically. And it changes and the shift and the focus is different. Um, I like it when psychologists and and neuroscientists work together. I think that's very fascinating. Um, But psychology is more about experience and things like that than it is um, the physical sort of workings of it. I mean, sure, we study biology and psychology and we learn about how the brain works and and et cetera. But it really is just more about the human experience, which is very abstract. It's hard to measure. Yeah. Which is why psychology gets so much shit because it is hard to measure and it's hard to get. Um, I A lot of the things that I hear from psychology is that there's never any real proof that nothing is ever substantial because mm-hmm. even if you have a study that says like this study showed that people did this. So we can infer that maybe people might do this regularly. Yeah. The thing is, is that every single individual on the planet is so different that it is very hard to get a perfect average. So we're just guesstimating that on average people will probably do this, but you can't always expect it. The problem is that we can't really control for culture. Yeah, you can't. And you can't. It's not even culture. It's you can't control for individual life experience, because if you say if you have a group of people and they're filling out questions and they're all different answers, you can't, you know, exactly say, why is this different? Even if two people, even in twin studies, so we see this in twin studies a lot, twins who are separated at birth are psychologists' wet dream because they are biologically identical, um, identical twins who are separated at birth, but environmentally they are different. And so when people study twins that are separated, you can see environmental impact and how that can affect people. And in some cases, it has almost no effect where... Identical twins who have never met, who have never been raised together, who were raised in completely different families or cultures or whatever, they will be studied together and they're still very, very similar in ways that you wouldn't expect in manners of speech and mannerisms in general Mm and beliefs sometimes even. It's very interesting. Um, But then in other cases, you'll see that identical twins will have completely different beliefs and values and mannerisms and et cetera, et cetera, even though they are biologically identical. How much of our personality is genetic? Exactly. And then that opens up a whole more can of worms of like, if our personality is just based on genetics and biology, like, do we even have will? Like, is free will a thing? And then that's philosophical. So psychology to me is very interesting because it's not just um, a yes or no. Mm-hmm. And not like, I mean, it's not like, you know, other science, what do they call them? I don't want to say hard science because psychology is hard science, but... Right. Well, it's uh, social sciences compared to um, natural sciences. Natural sciences. Sure. Whatever. Things in labs. Yeah. Um, 
Things in labs have a lot of things that you can measure. It's a lot easier to grab data and put it together and say, all right, well, this is kind of what the data shows. But with psychology, the data is always different. It's hard to get really good data in psychology. Yeah. Like I I can do an experiment on on my mice and get like a like a hundred or two hundred megabytes of raw data that I can analyze and look at the various populations of cells and say, well, under these conditions, these mice with these certain genotypes have this change in the cell populations compared to the other wild type mice and mm-hmm. then we can say, well, that's probably the effect of that signal or marker on the rest of the physiology of of the mouse. Right. So we can not necessarily say cause and effect, but we can say that the correlation with the You can the never say condition. cause and effect in science, pretty much. Yeah, well, kind of. I mean, like, if you have, like, Unless a, you're in a, physics. a very reliable... <laughs> like model that you can induce or whatever so you physics. can say <laughs> no i mean we have inducible genetic models right, right, in right. mice right but it's not like when you're looking at results it's really hard to say like we have this result and it was directly caused from this yeah i mean well everything's compared to your probability like it's all based on p values and yep. your confidence intervals and yep. various statistics to explain what's happening but i think there's a way to uh, to determine the robustness of a model mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and say with great confidence that something is affected by something right right but still that goes down to more philosophy oh yeah speaking of philosophy um i saw a headline the other day that said millennials want jobs and education not marriage and kids values right and (laughs) a lot of people were a lot of people were upset about it for different reasons and i think people in our generation because we are millennials hate it or love it i don't really care um the shitty name given to us by the older people jesus so in our generation a lot of people I, i noticed you know on twitter a lot of people were upset about the headline because it's such a pointless statement to make um because it completely, the the headline itself doesn't take into any account of the context of the situation of millennials where we are coming out of college and entering a workforce that isn't very open right now. And a lot of people are studying things that are very hard to find jobs in because right now, the huge influx in jobs is computer science, and even that is being flooded with applicants. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to find a job. We're all swimming in uh, debt because college tuition has skyrocketed. Continues to skyrocket. And because of all this debt, we are living in a constant cycle of debt um, because we're not, you know, rent is rising. <laughs> we, so a lot of millennials are not ever planning to buy or own a home they don't plan to start a family either because they don't want kids which is also a very interesting shift in values between generations or they just simply cannot afford to have children at this time whereas you know our parents i think my parents had me when they were 27 and are almost that age bracket <laughs> yeah and i can't even imagine trying to bring a child in the next two or three years no. into this world impossible exactly well i mean so we Millennials are moving to places where there are jobs. Right. Those are the cities. Right. Which Rent's are, too high and you can't high. buy a house. Right. There's not a lot of housing. There's not a lot of single family housing in the cities. No. So we're all living in these small apartments and they do great for what we what we need, which is also another interesting thing because there's a lot of a shift towards minimalism, I feel, in this generation yeah, where people great. are saying, no, thank you. I don't actually need that thing or that stuff. Whereas our... You know, our parents and their parents before them, not necessarily our parents, but our grandparents came from this generation where or were the generation where, you know, you had to get the big house and you had to have the big yard and you had to have three cars and the big TV and you were always comparing it to your neighbors. And it like meant something to have all this stuff. And because that was proof that you had made it and you were successful, whereas for us, we're like, we don't I look at my apartment and. Some people will come in and say, like, you know, wow, you don't have a lot of stuff in here. Like, it's pretty empty. And it's like, I don't need stuff. Like, 
I don't want stuff. I dread um, big gift holidays now, whereas I used to love them, but I dread them now because I'm just worried about getting too much stuff. Like, there's a lot of crap I don't need. There is a lot of stuff I don't need. There's a lot of stuff I don't want because I don't need it. I don't have space for it. The more stuff, like, we don't live in a very big place, and the more stuff that we try to shove into it, the harder it is to live. Yeah. And that makes me unhappy. And um, we uh, we moved up to more space, and that was... Yeah. It was amazing how barren this place was when we first moved in. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like we stuffed a bunch of stuff in here, but... Yeah. But then we go to other apartments, and it's like, how do you have so much stuff? There's so much stuff. Um, it's kind of intense. It's overwhelming. Yeah. But it's also, you know, a lot of people had children because they were like, that's what you do. You grow up, you get a job, you get married and you have children and then you live your life, I guess. But for millennials, I think we see it as not. We saw so many expectations and we're like, this sucks. We, we are a very independent generation in that we look at the sort of traditions that were handed down through our families and how. People were sort of expected to do things. And I think it has to do with our parents being, you know, products of the free love movement and the hippie generation and then the 80s. And then and then you had the 90s come up and the 90s were all about like grunge and rebellion and like, you know, screw you, mom and dad. Like all of the movies that we love growing up had to do with, you know, not doing what you were told you had to do i mean think yeah, about yeah. okay this sure. is a bad example but it's also a great example high school musical oh i was gonna say mulan okay right exactly yeah. <laughs> so it's these movies where you have the main character being told even uh glee is a good one too mm. where you have the main character being told no you know you're this person this is your life this is how it always is and they say no way mom and dad no way society i'm gonna do what i want and i think that was a huge theme in our childhood, too, where yeah. just in pop culture, it was always like, you know, follow, you know, do what you need to do and don't listen to what everybody tells you to do and the expectations that are placed on you. And we grew up in a very kind of fruitful time in that those kind of options to do what we want were available to us. And we, they still are a little bit. We got to grow up in the explosion of debt. Right. Exactly. Because people had all these choices. Yeah. So. The idea of not having children and, you know, not feeling like you have to settle down. I mean, another interesting point. I just keep saying that. Uh, more interesting. W- interesting. Right. It, it's <laughs> all these things that kind of like weave together and make like one big. There's not yeah. there's not one definitive point as to why our generation is not settling down and not having children. It's a ton of things. I, I would say the core is that we grew up with information constantly available right so we know what's available to us and we know what's out there also women are there are more women in the workforce now mm-hmm. so a lot of women are saying you know i don't really want to leave the workforce and end my career basically or stunt my career because if you have children and you're a woman you usually have to leave for a little bit to take care of your kid or you know a lot of places won't hire pregnant women for some reason because they don't want to deal with the time off. I mean, I work with a ton of women and all of the women who have young children have very varying schedules because they have to take care of their children because childcare is more expensive than than not even working. Honestly, It's more expensive than rent. It's insanely expensive. And so it is just cheaper to work less or it's cheaper to not work at all in some cases. I mean, somebody at my office recently had a baby and she straight up left the company and because she said it's cheaper for my husband to work by himself than for us both to work and pay for childcare. Pretty messed up. It's insane. Um, and there's no government support for that, is there? <laughs> no. No, that would empower women. And that's terrible, apparently. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons as to why our generation isn't really focused on settling down and having a family. And whether it's because we don't want to um, or because we simply can't, I think it's it's important to notice the generational differences. I mean, there are still a lot of people my age who are having babies, so it's not like the planet is going to die off. No, but I think there's just this, it's like we just want things to be reasonable, right? Right. And I think anyone, especially in this area, we're just like, no, we we just 
need to be able to live our lives first. Right, right. I mean, there's a lot that we have to take care of before we can even think. To me, it's not even like, oh, I just want to take care of myself. It's that I have to. There are so many things that we have to take care of for our own selves before we could even imagine going, hmm, let's see if we can add a house onto this or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are so many things where it's like there's no way we could afford having children right now or buying a house right now. There's just it's not even possible. Right. A house that would satisfy our minimums. Right. Like I mean, the it's, ultimate minimum is like I'm, at least two bedrooms. The thing, yeah, and I'm thinking. I don't even want to like a two story house, man. Like if, if I, I just want a small home that I can paint the walls in and I can put holes in the walls. Like, you know, I want to hang, yeah. I want to hang curtains without somebody finding me for it or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's kind of what I want. I want a garden. That's my dream. That's pretty much it. Actually, no. My dream is to have a large plot of land where I can have goats and pigs and chickens <laughs> and maybe a llama or two. Like, that's kind of my dream. I mean, we could do that, but... We'd have to move to, like, Oregon. Yeah, or Ellensburg again. I don't mind Ellensburg. No. Pretty slow. But the the thing is, like, my work Jobs. doesn't There's no exist jobs. there. Actually, I could probably work over there, but I wouldn't be as successful as I could be here. Yeah, I mean... If I'm going to do hard immunology, yeah, then you know, I mean, there's a little bit. My my alma mater just got their first flow cytometer like two years ago. Yeah, my work revolves around that because if I'm going to analyze what's going on in 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 lungs, then I need 18 parameters to analyze. You know, yeah, and that doesn't exist there because right it's they, all here they need the million dollar machines to do that right exactly and they're publishing the data that earns that machine right right so it's all yeah all of the jobs are here all of the successful crews are here it's the technology is here exactly yeah. and that's the reality that we as millennials are facing affordability or jobs right it's not great and plus Ellensburg, the economy revolves around the the university. The school, yes, yeah. So most of the jobs are at the school. Yeah, yeah. So as federal funding wanes, the more struggle there is in the city. And where is all that federal funding going? Oh, to bombs. To bombs. To golf courses owned by the president. Who's bombing places? It's a racketeering operation, I swear. <laughs> so in the past couple of weeks, as I'm sure everybody has seen it all over the newspapers, um, there were at least two bombings in the Middle East. And we're going to talk about the Syrian bombing today because that's the one that I have the most information about. And while it's not a ton of information, it's the one that I've I've followed the most. I think two weeks ago, there was a attack from the Syrian government on its own people where they used chemical-based warfare. It was a gas attack and it killed dozens of people, innocent civilians. Then again, most people in the world are innocent, whether or not they're in the military. Right. So it's kind of a terrible term. It killed a lot of people. It was despicable and horrible. And it's kind of like universally accepted that chemical warfare is a big no-no. Just don't do it. It's seen as um, like a low blow and despicable and just... And it's banned by the Geneva Convention. It's Yeah, it's not good because it, it does so much damage. Not that... Our administration knows that. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I guess they just apparently in what they said was a response to the gas attack. Um, Trump signed off and allowed a missile attack on the what they said was the basically base that approved these gas attacks or launched the gas attacks or whatever. It's the. So the Syrian government's, like, air base where they... That's the source of the attack, I guess. So they launched these missiles, and it was, like, something like 53... It was, like, 50 missiles or something like that. Hmm. Tomahawks. They each cost, like... Like, the whole thing cost, like, billions of dollars. Yeah, each missile is, like, $20 million or something yeah, crap like that. it's kind of insane. I know that the entire operation did not really go as well as they kind of thought it would. It wasn't a very good attack, um, Not exactly surgical. It was, yeah, it wasn't really great. It didn't really do what they wanted it to do. 
Um, there's still talk that they kind of completely missed and didn't really cause any damage to the Syrian government at all. I know that they were looking for Assad and he wasn't anywhere near there. And then there were some Russians at that base and that's going to cause problems because, you know, our president is so close to mother Russia. Um, it was just, it's a huge friggin' mess. What I want to talk about is the, the idea that it was approved in an attempt to win favorability among the people because historically um, president and government approval ratings are the highest during times of war. There's a rallying effect. Right. Um, People want to support their country. They become very patriotic. And so they support their government and they believe that their government is doing the right thing. And it's, you know, it's it's self-preservation. You know, people want to keep themselves safe and their family safe and their country safe. So they have to believe that their country is doing the right thing. Right. And I think that sending missiles to cause destruction to send a message, first of all, is stupid and to try to sort of distract people from the shit show that is your administration is despicable and deplorable and just cowardly because unfortunately his ratings did go up very slightly but they are now they're they're leveling out and dropping back down so right he it has, didn't last long he is the lowest first quarter ratings of any president ever right and it's not a surprise considering how at best he could ever get a 49% approval rating. Right. And the fact that in the midst of all this, when people are, I mean, people are seriously fearing that this sort of thing is going to cause a real war, like a big war that could, I mean, right now there's still, there's still war going on in the Middle East, but it doesn't affect a lot of people here in America. It really doesn't. It's not on our turf. They're not attacking us (laughs) here. Nothing, none of the other countries are really doing anything about it. So it doesn't really affect us. But if we were to get into some sort of situation that did directly affect us, like many other wars, like World War II or even the Vietnam War, I mean, people were really freaked out. And to see their president say, no, I'm going to go on vacation again and go golfing, it just enrages me. The problem is that Trump is not mentally sound. No, not at all. He, He is not there 100 percent and these kind of decisions are not being made by him right because he can't understand how to make a trade deal with germany right like he doesn't get it he doesn't get basic things that are explained to him multiple times right and if he's signing off on this shit then who's the person telling him yeah yeah it's okay dude just sign the paper because he's probably falling apart and there was recently just some calendar that was like revealed from the White House saying that he has three and a half hours of nap time every day. <laughs> His personal dinner time, whatever. That's three and a half hours. That's, that's why he's not dream. he's not doing shit. Right. That's my dream right there. And and not to mention the fact that the government doesn't have any of the positions filled that are supposed to be filled. Right. It's just it's a skeleton crew. Over it's there. it's all bare bones. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is happening? Nobody knows. If it, if we had Congress fucking doing its job saying, yeah, no, we actually need people to govern this this ship. Yeah. We need a captain. Yeah. Choo choo. Wait, that's a conductor. That's fine. <laughs> But it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel because at some point we need somebody to govern the country. Mm -hmm. And the Republicans don't know what to do when they're not opposing shit. I read a really good metaphor that for eight years the uh, conservative Republicans were trying to get rid of Obama and they were trying to sort of force him out and to block everything he did because they want to control the government. They tried for so long to get full control. And now that they have it, they don't know what to do. They're like a dog who has been chasing a car and they actually caught up to it. Now what? What's what do you a do? dog doing with a car? Exactly. What are they going to do now? They've, they're standing around like going, well, shit, the, the entire, shit, so, there is no plan. So what happens is their entire, um, policy and like, sort of motivation was to do whatever the other people didn't want to do was to fight the other people so when you suddenly don't have an enemy and your entire uh way of life is warfare what do you do if you have no one to argue with your own war 
If you have nobody to argue with, but argument is the only policy you have, you have nothing. Like, yeah, you you guys have your simple majority. You go ahead and do whatever you want, right? Not that they can come to an agreement. Damn. Speaking of. It's an embarrassment. So I want to end tonight talking about the new Kendrick Lamar album. Damn. Damn. Good Um, transition. I know. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> Let's be real. It's real good. The first three tracks are just straight up like They're face new melting. world. They're face just, melting. Like the DNA one. Oh, awesome. I wish we could play a clip. Yeah. So good. Um, but we stream everything, so it makes it kind of tough. Right. <laughs> so this is his what? Third or fourth album? Third album? Fifth or sixth? Oh, I don't even know. Um, and it's just as artistic as all of his other ones. He's known for his artistry. Um, I really like a theory that I read about the story of this album because every album he has tells a story and that this one is about him dying and the entire album is him seeing his life flash before his eyes. Um, and it's kind of like his final stages of life before he, he does die. So I thought that was really interesting. And if you listen to the album, you can kind of hear... The pieces that sort of uh, lead to that kind of theory. I think it's a really good mix of tones and style. I mean, he has a song with you too, which right? I, yeah, which that is was su- a surprise. Surprisingly good track. I didn't. I was like, what the fuck is he doing with you too? Like you two is terrible. Sorry, don't kill me. Hey now, <laughs> it, it's his sixth album. Okay, full six. length. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um. It's a really good album. It's so Kendrick. I felt like I had so many points to talk about, like, the implications of this album, and they're, I'm so foggy tonight. Yeah. I've no, got Lexapro brain tonight. I I only, um, I think, I listened to the first half twice. Yeah. I listened, I've listened to the whole album, like, three times now, and every time I listen to it, I hear something new. So if you haven't yeah. heard it already, go listen. It's very good. It's Kendrick Lamar is one of those artists of our generation again that almost everybody loves. I mean, he's almost universally liked. It's kind of like the gorillas. Right. Because who doesn't like them? Yeah. And not to mention they're releasing. They're going no, on tour again. They're going too. on tour. Yeah. And, did, and they just released four singles. Yeah. A bunch of singles. Basically an EP. Pretty um, much. <laughs> and those are pretty good. Not it's not in the traditional gorillas style. They've but kind of updated. Still, it's still good. Um, yeah. Well, we are getting the blinking red light, I suppose, from our dog to tell us to shut the fuck up and go to bed. So I think we're gonna end it here tonight. Yeah. This is after the weather. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter at afterweather, on Facebook at facebook.com slash after the weather. Soundcloud.com slash after the weather. And also on iTunes. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us. Tweet at us. Send us an email at aftertheweatherpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Stay active. Stay woke. Keep it real. I don't know. Yeah. Be excellent to each other. And have a great night. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye.